May 5th, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is launching and that will be premiering on Paramount Plus and I play the character of Hammer. This is the Penny Forward Podcast, a show about blind people building bright futures one penny at a time. I'm Chris Peterson. And I'm Liz Botner. We are blind people learning from each other how to be successful in our personal, professional, and financial lives. Before we start, we'd like to thank Ron and Lisa Brooks at Accessible Avenue for sponsoring the Penny Forward Podcast. I'm sure many of us have experienced frustration and uncertainty when trying to use public transportation or paratransit services that are either inaccessible or just poorly designed for meeting our needs. Accessible Avenue works with transit agencies and other mobility providers to make transportation services accessible for everyone, including those of us who are blind or visually impaired. Accessible Avenue also works with individuals and organizations who need training or assistance with public transportation problems. You can learn more at www.accessibleavenue.net. We'd also like to thank Kane Brolin of Brolin Wealth Management for sponsoring the podcast. Investing doesn't have to be complicated, and it's never too late to take action. But depending on how far away your goals are, the decisions you need to make will be very different. Kane Brolin is a blind certified financial planner and chartered special needs consultant who may be able to help you no matter how much you have or what stage of life you are in. Learn more by visiting brolinwealth.com or by calling 574-254-7180. This is the conclusion of our two-part interview with Bruce Horak. Bruce is originally from Calgary, Alberta, Canada, where he trained in theater and improvisation. When Bruce was a child, he lost over 90% of his vision due to retinoblastoma, a rare childhood cancer of the eye. Bruce has worked for the last 25 years as a writer, musician, composer, actor, and painter. And most of his work focuses on themes related to vision loss, perspective, and perseverance. Bruce's one-man shows, This Is Cancer, and Assassinating Thompson have been performed all over the world and won major awards. Bruce can currently be seen in Star Trek Strange New Worlds on Paramount Plus, premiering on May 5th, 2022, as the blind engineer Hammer. We're going to learn from Bruce about his life and career and what he feels is key to becoming a successful artist. What were the reactions of people that you met along the way to a, a guy with very low vision as an actor? Uh, that's a very good question. Those reactions are many and varied. I'd say predominantly, I was incredibly fortunate to have a network of support from the early days. Duval Lang, my mentor with Quest Theatre, he didn't see it as a limitation. He saw it as a, as a great opportunity. The first show I wrote for Quest Theatre, it's called What You Can't See, and it's semi-autobiographical. It's about a kid named Lee, who has moved to a new school starting the next day. And he has 9% vision and he's got Coke bottle glasses and he's really worried about what the kids at school are going to think of him. And so he tries to hide it. So he doesn't wear his glasses in class and he gets into all sorts of trouble. 
and again, this is semi-autobiographical. And that particular story, that particular narrative of trying to hide it and trying to fit in as best I could is really a story of most of my childhood. When I was starting school, there was a question as to whether I was going to go to uh, W. Ross McDonald School for the Blind, which is in Brantford, Ontario. And there was some question of that. But at the time, sort of, you know, early 80s, there was a real fight for integration. So kids with disabilities were being put into the quote-unquote regular school system and not being shipped off into these academies. My parents really fought for that. My aunt and uncle fought for that as well. So I was in a classroom with these heavy Coke bottle glasses and I couldn't see the board. I would have to sit right in the front row, in the front seat, and, and the teacher would write something on the board and I would even have to get out of my desk and walk up to the board so I'd be six inches away from the board in order to see the thing. And so I, it was really slowing down the education. And then the technology started to catch up. So I got a little telescope and I was able to read the board from further away. And I was given typing classes. So not only could I take my notes at the same rate, but I was actually typing faster than most kids could write. So there was it's kind of this odd acceleration and deceleration at the same time, because, you know, again, I go out on the playground and it's like, I just get hit in the face with a softball and, uh, you know, in gym class and the sort of embarrassment of not being able to keep up in certain aspects, but the other ones that I felt I was able to excel theater really attracted me because it was the arena where I could play anyone. I could get up on stage and if I memorized the layout of the set and, and I could get that into my body, I could look and I could take my glasses off and I could do my fully sighted look, which I practiced all the time, just walking down the street. I didn't want anyone to know that I was blind. So I would walk like a sighted person with my head up and my shoulders back, you know, not hunched over and all of that. So theater was very attractive for them. You know, with speaking of the, the professional highs and lows of it, it is a field that is full of rejection, you know, whether or not you're able-bodied, you know, very early on in my career, the, the lessons come at you hard and fast where you go and you spend weeks working on an audition piece and you go into the room and you think you've nailed it and it goes to somebody else <laughs> and, you know, why, 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 and all those questions. But if, I think if you live your life on those rejections, you're really not going to leave the house. And theater just gave me a tougher skin a lot sooner. It was probably a year after I graduated from theater school and I had managed to get a few parts. I always got cast as the old guy because of my voice, you know, and I had to put makeup in my hair to make me look older and all that fun stuff. But uh, <laughs> yeah, it was about a year after theater school and the phone wasn't ringing and I had gone out for auditions and hadn't gotten cast in anything. And I thought, oh, I made a horrible mistake. Like, no, first of all, I'm no good at this. And then second of all, it's gotta be because I'm, I'm a blind guy, you know, and then, just some friends and I sat down and we started talking about, well, we then, if the phone isn't going to ring, we're going to have to create our own work. And that's really been the hallmark of most of my career is that if the phone isn't ringing, then I've got the time to write another show, to rehearse something, to create another piece, to find another avenue because, yeah, sitting around waiting for the phone to ring is just total exercise and frustration. We'll continue our interview in a moment. But first... When it comes to money, do you feel a little lost? When you're in an unfamiliar financial environment and need a hand understanding the lay of the land, Penny Forward is here to help. Our online courses, members group chats, and access to one-on-one -on -one coaching help you build your own bright future one penny at a time. It's easy to sign up and cancel at any time, and memberships are just $9 a month or $99 a year. 
Visit pennyforward.com forward slash membership to join us today. Is there something you'd like to talk about? Visit pennyforward.com slash podcast to learn how you can contact us and send us a voicemail that we may share on the air. What was it like for you to go from being that kid in grade school, sitting in the audience and yearning to be on stage and then to be able to finally be on stage? What impact did that have on you? It's an absolute thrill to entertain and to be on stage and to be performing for people. From an audience point of view, it's like magic. You're just, you're transported and it could be miming something. And it's like, you can see that thing in front of you or the music kicks in and suddenly you're taken to another place. And as an audience member, there's, there's this beautiful synergy that happens. And as a performer on stage, it's, it's a kinetic thing. I recently re-experienced that because you know we've been in lockdown for a couple of years and i haven't been in a theater performing for two and a half years or so and i was just in calgary alberta back in the old hometown doing a show at vertical theater with the shakespeare company rebecca north and i adapted uh macbeth and uh, we did a two-person macbeth with a musician we donned these silicon goblin masks and pretended as though we were goblins who had just discovered shakespeare and were getting into this world and getting in front of an audience again and hearing the collective sighs and laughs and applause is uh it's electric and it's that feeling of connection that two years of isolation has really shown that we're just hungry for it we need to connect and we need to be in rooms together sharing these experiences and sharing these stories and for me to get to write, create, produce, and perform that kind of stuff is, uh, yeah, it's the greatest high there is. What are you currently working on? <laughs> currently, I'm, uh, uh, well, I can't, uh, I'm making a, bro- a birthday card for my girlfriend, but I shouldn't say that. So let's edit that out because she'll hear this. She'll <laughs> <a> card coming. <laughs> what am I currently working on? Well, I've, I've got a, a show called Assassinating Thompson. And in Assassinating Thompson, I paint a portrait of the entire audience while I tell the story of how I became a visually impaired visual artist. And I solve the mystery of who killed Tom Thompson. Tom Thompson was a Canadian landscape painter who, at 39 years of age in 1917, packed up his canoe and paddled off across a lake and disappeared. And eight days later, they found his body. And to this day, there are a myriad of theories as to what happened and uh, in the show Assassinating Thompson. I solve it. <laughs> well, I solve it. Let's say that. We'll put that in quotes. So uh, this summer, I'm going to be presenting Assassinating Thompson in Ottawa at the National Arts Centre. And then next February, March, April, I'll be touring the show throughout the beautiful province of Manitoba, Canada. And uh, that show I've been touring since 2013. It's an absolute highlight for me to do that. I get to paint a portrait, which is one of my favorite things to do in the world. And I get to uh, tell some jokes for 75 minutes. And, uh, well, the other thing that's happening, of course, is May 5th, Star Trek Strange New Worlds is launching. And that will be premiering on Paramount+. Plus. And I play the character of Hammer. So this was filmed last year here in Toronto. 
season one will be airing on the 5th of May. And the character I'm playing is an Enar, which is a subspecies of the Andorians. I am blind. I'm an engineer. And I, uh, what else can I say? <laughs> Not much. Other than uh, I've signed a bunch of NDAs. How about that? That's fair. No spoilers, but that's, uh, so that's coming out. So everyone go watch it. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you could say. Go watch it. Go, go watch it. So that's actually how I found you because I read an article about this and saw your intro clip that they released on StarTrek.com and all kinds of other places. And in the article that I read, it said that you are Star Trek's first blind actor, which kind of blew my mind. And that got me to wondering, did you know that going into this? And had you ever done television before? And, and what has this whole experience been like for you? Did I know that I was the first blind actor? I did not know that. I suspected as much. I know that there was an actor in a wheelchair on Discovery. But in terms of actors with disabilities who've been on the show, I don't know. I, I was super excited to even just have the opportunity to audition and then actually getting it just blew my mind. I had done an episode of a show called Warehouse 13 about 10 years ago. And I did a short film called Gitch. And that was around the same time, probably about 10 years ago now or 12 years ago now, I guess. And those experiences were, they were great, but I just... It, you know, it didn't hook me. I know a lot of people who who get into film and TV and they get really hooked by the buzz of it. I just, I really missed the audience. I missed that live performance energy. And, you know, when I was in Toronto auditioning for the film and TV stuff and I got those two bits, you know, I had an opportunity to go back out on the road and do my own shows. And I thought, well, this is really where my love is and my passion is, so I'm going to keep doing it. And then when... I came back and, and auditioned for Star Trek and it was all over Zoom, the auditions. And then I was I went into Toronto to have a meeting with the producers and the, the costume fitting and a wardrobe. And suddenly I realized, oh, wait, I think this is actually happening. <laughs> I think um, this is going to happen. And then the whole experience with shooting it, I was really nervous, to be honest, because, you know, those cameras are really expensive. And I get into a new environment. It takes me a long time to climatized to adjust to where things are and everything's moving and I was just really worried that I was going to end up being a liability you know running into lighting equipment and things like that uh, and I expressed this very early on and they were amazing like every day there would be I had an assistant with me who would just be like hey there's a step here and there's a lighting thing happening here and and I don't know if you're counting your steps but it's 25 from here to there and like they were just so far beyond what I was expecting, you know, I'm, I'm so used, you know, in the world of theater to just, just kind of managing my own and figuring it out on my own. And maybe it's that particular crew. Maybe it's a shift in the, the world. I hope it's a shift in the world universally, but you know, people are just kind of, they were looking out for me and I felt so incredibly taken care of that it made it really, really hard to pack up my trailer and go, okay, that's, that's a season wrap and there you go. And it's like, oh, I've got to go back to the real world for a little while. But uh, no, I mean, traveling to space was, uh, yeah, it was a real thrill. And uh, honestly, just getting to set foot on the bridge of the enterprise. I mean, I, I, I think I was uh, pretty teary. <laughs> I was raised a Trekkie. So yeah, I was pretty, it's pretty starstruck just by the set. <laughs> we'll continue our interview in a moment, but first. 
Editing podcasts is a lot of hard work. And let's face it, you've got better things to do. Let Superblink remove those ums and uhs out of your podcast so that you can convey your message more efficiently. For more information, visit superblink.org. Is there something you'd like to talk about? We'd love to hear from you. Visit pennyforward.com slash podcast to learn how to contact us or to leave us a voicemail that we may share on air. You've touched on this a little bit, but what is next for you? Well, producing Assassinating Thompson this summer in Ottawa, and then the Manitoba Theatre Centre tour next year in uh, Manitoba. I mean, there's a lot of irons in the fire, but in terms of what is actually signed, sealed, and delivered, those things... I have an ongoing portrait project that I've been working on since 2010. My goal is to paint 1,000 portraits. And where am I at now? I'm almost at 700. So I'm getting there, slowly but surely. And since the pandemic, I've I've actually been doing them over Zoom, which has been amazing because usually someone would come and sit with me in a studio and take maybe an hour and a half or two hours to do a portrait. But now I can do it over Zoom and they can be anywhere in the world, which is just amazing. Again, it's another great opportunity to connect with people, meet new people, and uh, to give someone a really, truly unique experience, which is to have their portrait painted by a visually impaired person. Can you talk a little bit about what that process is like, how people get involved in it? And Yeah, so the portrait project, people find me through my website, brucehorak.com, and they can book a portrait sitting, and there's a little calendar will pop up, and they can just enter their details, and it'll automatically schedule the time and let, lets me know that someone's booked a portrait sitting. And then a Zoom link, and we meet over Zoom. And it takes about an hour, and I take some screenshots while we're chatting. And I just really like to get to know people and, and get their vibe, and I try to capture that in the painting. Because of the the damage that I've had done to my eye, I tend to see a lot of auras and floaters and things like that. So those tend to get incorporated into the painting. Uh, they'll influence the colors that I'll use in the palette when I build up a canvas. From the online portrait sitting, I will do a digital drawing. So that's either a JPEG or a PNG that can simply be emailed. Or someone will often schedule to have a canvas done. So then I'll record the session and I'll edit the session down to maybe two minutes or so. So you have an audio portrait and a digital portrait, and then you can also order a canvas of it, an actual painted canvas. What advice do you have for other blind people who may want to follow in similar footsteps? I'd say keep at it. The reward has to be in the creation and then the act of creation. And anything beyond that is kind of gravy and you get excited about the work that you're doing push yourself to be at the top of your game and don't be afraid to share it art has the beautiful advantage of being able to bring people together and you will find your people sharing that artwork um yeah don't give up just don't give up I talk to a lot of people who wonder a lot about and and oftentimes feel that they have imposter syndrome. Is that something that you've ever felt? And and do you have any advice for pushing through that? Oh, the dreaded imposter syndrome. Yes, I have faced that daily, Um, (laughs) hourly. Oftentimes I, I get through that by reaching out to my friends, my colleagues and my family and they will oftentimes cut through it all and just get to the nugget of what's bugging me. 
it's usually a fear of being honest and being vulnerable. And when I'm truly honest, when I'm truly vulnerable, that's, I think, ultimately, yeah, it's a bit like exposing your soft belly, but um, you'll be amazed at who comes along and rubs it. Oh, that's a dog thing. <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's more than that. It's, it's when you're honest and when you're vulnerable, it, it allows other people to be the same. And imposter syndrome, there's a, there's a real fear barrier that has come up. And yeah, you just got to go through it. You just absolutely have to go through it because what's on the other side is gold. Well, Bruce, thank you. I, I, I cannot tell you how hard it was to resist making this whole thing about Star Trek for me, but uh. <laughs> <laughs> but I really appreciate you coming on and uh, your your advice is gold. Thank you so much. Well, it's absolutely my pleasure, yeah. And if there's anything else, just feel free to reach out. Hey, can you tell people where they can reach out, follow you, support you, all that kind of thing? Yes, you can find me at Bruce Horak at... Uh, well, I'm on Instagram at Bruce Horak and Twitter, Bruce Horak and Facebook, Bruce Horak Paintings. I've also got a website. That's probably the best place to find me, which is just brucehorak.com. That's H-O-R-A-K.com. And uh, yeah, reach out, send a message. I've got a monthly newsletter that I send out called the Hobo Sapien Chronicles. I started referring to myself as a Hobo Sapien back in 2010 when I put all my things in storage and hit the road and just took went gig to gig for uh yeah like 10 and a half years until i landed in stratford ontario but i still continue the monthly chronicle and that's uh gives you a update on what i did for the last month and what i'm going to be doing and also uh, some thoughts and musings on the creative life and uh, i've also got a patreon account and huge thanks to my patrons because that's a big uh part of how i feed myself and yeah if you sign up for patreon you get a original work of art every month in the mail but also i do weekly updates and behind the scenes stuff on work in the studio and what else can i tell you book a portrait sitting it'd be great to sit with you thanks thanks again bruce thanks for is there something you'd like to talk about Visit pennyforward.com slash podcast to learn how you can contact us and send us a voicemail that we may share on the air. And while you're there, please leave a small donation to support our work to develop accessible and affordable financial education products for people who are blind. The Penny Forward podcast is produced by Liz Botner and Chris Peterson. Audio editing and post-production is provided by Byron Lee, and transcription is provided by Anne Burdine. Music was composed and performed by Andre Louis, and web hosting is provided by Taylor's Accessibility Services. Penny Forward is a community of blind people building bright futures one penny at a time. Visit pennyforward.com to learn more about who we are and what we do. For all of us in the Penny Forward community, I'm Chris Peterson. And I'm Liz Botner. Thanks for listening and have a great week.